0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, here to bring you... A Falcons vs. Bucks Week 18 game preview, the final game of the 2022 season for the Falcons and, of course, the Buccaneers as well. Perhaps a little more intrigue with this one. Um, This is being recorded early in the week because I am leaving uh, on vacation uh, before we get all the injury reports and everything for this one, so I'm not going to be able to comment uh too much on anything that happens late in the week on the show so we're going to look at it under the lens of the bucks are sort of expected to play their starters at least that's what's come out so far who knows what they'll play the whole game who knows how many of them will play if all of them will play some of them whatever um we'll see at this point uh it it sounds like that the bucks are planning to play their starters so we're going to work under that assumption and we'll go from there again we don't know too much about the injury report either but we will look at the matchup based on who's expected to play with the starters and everything else. So that's where we're going to focus our efforts today. Uh, but seeing as the Falcons focus has already turned to the draft in the offseason, I was going to open today's show with a little primer on the draft uh, pick and sort of the scenarios real quick for the Falcons in terms of which pick they will end up with in the 2023 NFL draft based on the outcome of this game and a couple of other key games. Um, and this is not necessarily exhaustive in terms of this is exactly what will happen uh i'm not going to bother calculating the very small changes in strength of schedule that could happen based on all all the other games that will be played and those very small changes could be quite meaningful because the falcons are currently right up against the las vegas raiders and the carolina panthers and all three of those teams are within 0.000 or .004 of, of each other <laughs> in strength of schedule. Um, so those could change and that could affect things as well. But really, the most important factors will be who wins between the Falcons and the Bucks. And there are a couple of other teams that matter as well that we're going to get to real quick here before we dive into the preview itself. Um, so first of all, the range of picks for the Falcons is actually quite small. There are four possible picks. The Falcons could end up with in the 2023 NFL draft. Um, Sixth is the highest they could go. Ninth is the lowest. So no matter what the Falcons will have a top 10 pick um, because of their record and strength of schedule, the Falcons strength of schedule is one of the lowest in the NFL. Um, All of the teams with seven wins are drastically higher in strength of schedule. There's no chance of them catching the Falcons. So even if the Falcons were to win the lowest they could fall is ninth because of that. Um, and that helps them, obviously, the Falcons in, in that scenario. Um, in terms of which pick they end up with, that matters more based on what the Falcons, of course, do to the Bucs, but also uh, what the Panthers, Rams, and Raiders do. So for the Falcons to end up with the sixth pick, the Bucks would have to win this game. So the Falcons would then finish six and 11. And the Rams would also have to pull off the upset over the Seahawks. Um, with the Seahawks playing for a playoff spot, like a wild card spot, it's very unlikely that they're going to roll over for the Rams. But of course the Rams have a chance to play spoiler and potentially upset the Seahawks. That's always a possibility. I don't think it's particularly likely, but there's a chance. So if the Bucks and the Rams were to win, the Falcons would end up sixth overall. If the Falcons were to lose to the Bucks, but the Rams were to lose to the Seahawks, the Falcons would have this seventh overall pick. Um, Now, like I said, strength of schedule shenanigans could change that, but right now that's that's the best I can do in terms of that prediction. Um, eighth pick would be a Falcons win, uh, and then they would just need either the Panthers or Raiders to win. And at that point, they would have the eighth overall pick. Um, for the Falcons to end up ninth, they they would have to beat the Bucks this week, and then both the Panthers and Raiders would have to lose. Um, so... Not terribly complicated scenarios there, but that's what the Falcons are looking at. If the Falcons win, they'll be picking either 8th or ninth, And if they lose, they'll be picking either 6th or 7th. So just a couple of different slots they could fall into. But ultimately, I don't think... Obviously, it's nicer to end up higher. It opens maybe more opportunities for a trade down if teams are really looking to get up for a quarterback. Particularly if the Falcons finish ahead of the Panthers. Um But at this point, um, I think the quality of players between pick six and nine are pretty similar. I think the Falcons will have a lot of good choices in that range, whether that's one of the top edge rushers or defensive tackles or probably the top corner on the board or one of, if not the top offensive lineman on the board, they'll have a great player available in that range. So I wouldn't worry too much about exactly where they fall. We'll get into that more. Uh, after the season's officially over, as well as diving into senior bowl and draft content here on the Falcoholic podcast and on, of course, the Falcoholic Live. Uh, but that's where they stand right now going into week 18. Um, so now to get to the game itself, the Falcons take on the Bucks for the second time this year. Uh, Atlanta famously was robbed of an opportunity for a game winning drive uh, with a very bad call, uh, roughing the passer call on Tom Brady. It was very publicly... Uh, debated not whether it was a was <laughs> roughing the passer which it clearly wasn't but it was sparking a lot of discussion because a, a similar call happened in in a, a, a another game um shortly after so we all remember that game falcons narrowly lost that one after roaring back uh the bucks took a took a lead early and the falcons came back very different position for the falcons now um starting desmond ritter at quarterback and i just had a podcast come out on tuesday uh, talking about his future and, and how he's looked so far, and um, obviously how Desperador plays in Week 18 will factor into that. I, I do think so far he's shown enough with his trajectory of improvement to get the job in 2023, or at least be in strong consideration for that job, depending on how the other pieces fall this offseason. Um, but the Bucks have also changed. Uh, going into that early season match, the Bucks were still considered to be this juggernaut in the nfc south a, a strong playoff contender if not a super bowl contender and since then that early season sort of slump that people thought was just a little bit of jitters early on for the box has not gone away the bucks uh are eight and eight. And if they were to lose this game, they, they would finish with a losing record this year. Um, They will make the playoffs as the NFC South champion, no matter what else happens. So they will make the playoffs. And and that is something to keep in mind that they may pull starters. Even if they do start their starters in this game, they may do some other things. They may not necessarily go all out to win this one. Like they would under normal circumstances, but uh, the bucks have been poor on offense this year. They're 24th in scoring, which of course is not good, right? Uh, very not good. They've still been good on defense, eighth overall in scoring. So that that has helped keep them afloat. But really puzzling season for the Buccaneers offense, considering their array of weapons, the fact that they have the greatest quarterback of all time under center. Um, you know, there was certainly some some offensive line struggles, uh, but honestly most of the players they've they've inserted have sort of found their footing and it's really not the offensive line causing the majority of issues for this Bucks team it's some have said coaching um, some have said the scheme has not done them any favors so there's a lot going on there um but the Falcons have not necessarily been great either on offense right they have changed to Desmond Ritter but the passing game is anemic the running game has been great. Um, so let's take a closer look at how these two teams are going to match up on offense and defense. Of course, starting with the Falcons offense going up against the Bucks defense, uh, in the passing game, the Falcons under Desmond Ritter have looked a little bit sharper, a little bit more willing to air it out. The passing volume has gone up every week under Desmond Ritter. He seems to be finding his footing getting a little bit better, uh, out there, but still still trying to catch up and it doesn't help of course that the Falcons are basically back to the revolving door at left guard um Juma Adoga was out uh, Elijah Wilkinson was out so they they are limited in terms of their options at left guard Matt Hennessy returned to the lineup uh had a good game as a run blocker but still is unreliable in pass protection um so that's an area that of course that the Bucks could exploit uh the pass the Falcons pass protection on the inside in particular has has been struggling um, but the, the strength of the Bucks defense is is still the secondary they still have a very good uh, cornerback trio with Jamel Dean and Shaw, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting's having sort of a rebound season Anton Winfield Jr. is back out there as well um, so it's a good Bucks secondary where where the Falcons are sort of Drake Lennon's been great he's been one of the best rookie wide receivers Desmond River has a clear connection with him Um, And Demir Bird has been a solid deep threat, but the Falcons really just don't have a lot out there right now with Kyle Pitts on IR. I think Michael Pruitt has certainly shown that he should be re-signed and and probably be the tight end too for this offense, considering he's such a good blocker as well. Um, But ultimately the passing game is limited. It's Drake London. It's Tyler Algier catching passes out of the backfield. It's Cordell Patterson trying to make magic happen, you know, in the flat and stuff like that. So um, it would be nice if, if, Ritter would show some more chemistry with the Lamaday Zacchaeus. That hasn't really come together yet. Not surprising, considering that he barely had a chance to throw to Zacchaeus at all. He was the practice squad quarterback for 14 weeks. So, um, you know, there, there's certainly some issues there. Um, but I think you, cert- you have to give the clear advantage to the Buccaneers in terms of the Falcons' pass attack versus the Bucks' pass defense. This is a very good pass defense. I believe the Bucks are. Uh, let's see, fifth in net yards per attempt allowed, which is excellent. They only allow 5.6 yards per attempt through the air. They're ninth in overall passing yardage. They have given up a lot of touchdowns through the air, which is sort of interesting. 20, uh, they're 28th in touchdowns allowed with 27 passing touchdowns. Um, and they haven't really created a lot of takeaways. They're just 23rd in interceptions. Um, so certainly curious, uh, but the Bucks overall have been very good at defending the pass and limiting yardage. Um, not as tight in the red zone, haven't necessarily made the takeaways, but I still think this is a pretty big advantage for the Bucks. The Falcons um, are no longer the like worst passing game in the NFL. They are 31st now uh, in attempts and yardage. Uh, they are 20th in net yards per attempt. They've been efficient through the air. They haven't thrown a lot of picks, just nine on the season, which is nice. Um, But all the other numbers are way down for the Falcons. This is clearly an advantage, I think, for the Buccaneers' defense, um, which shouldn't really surprise anyone. Where we're going to potentially flip the script here is the Falcons' rushing attack versus the Buccaneers' run defense. Uh, Traditionally, the Bucs have really done a great job at limiting the run. It's been something that they could hang their hat on year after year. Um, This year, it's not. Bad, but it's definitely average at best, the Bucks run defense. They're 15th in rushing yardage allowed, 17th in yards per carry allowed at 4.4. They haven't allowed a ton of rushing touchdowns, just 11 on the season, but um, it hasn't been anywhere near as elite as it used to be. So that is a potential area for the Falcons to exploit. Back in week five, the Falcons put up 151 rushing yards on the Bucks, So uh, I suspect that to be a focus once again for the Falcons in this game. Um, the run blocking of the Falcons offensive line has been exceptional. Uh, one of the biggest stories this offseason has been just how good they've been run blocking after being one of the worst in the NFL, uh, in 2021. And Chris Lindstrom has sort of taken over the mantle of the best guard in the NFL. Uh, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL period with a 95 PFF grade, which is just absurd. Uh, he's the number one guard. Um, Caleb McGarry has really continued to... To improve this season Um, and as someone that was sort of really questioning whether he would even start to open this year he's really answered the call Uh, McGarry is currently I think the fourth ranked tackle according to PFF and you guys know I'm iffy on PFF's grades but I think that the tape bears it out that McGarry has been very good he's been better in pass protection and that has been always his weakness right Um, he's still not a great pass protector but he's above average uh, currently and overall his run blocking has been elite. I think he's been like the best or the second best run blocking tackle. And for this Falcons offense, that's really important. So I do want to give him added weight there. Jake Matthews is having a good year. Once again, at left tackle, he's been just fine, been solid above average, all those good things. Um, where the, the run blocking where the blocking has been weakest is at center and left guard. And that's probably where the Falcons are going to dedicate their resources this offseason to bringing in outside help. Um, but on the ground, the Falcons do have the benefit of having uh, one of the best rookie running backs, which just saying one of doesn't sound that great, but this is a very good year for rookie running backs. You know, Kenneth Walker having a great season. Brees Hall was on a tear. Damian Pierce was on a tear. Um, but Tyler Algier is really pushing to to take that mantle of the top uh, the top rookie running back right now. I, it's Kenneth Walker by a hair, right? Uh, he's got... 936 yards to Algier's 900, but it's not out of the question that Algier could, uh, take over and, and surpass him. Um, I know Damien Pierce is up there as well in terms of his total yardage. Um, definitely been, uh, yeah, Damien Pierce is technically, I think at first with 939 total yards. Um, so there's a chance that, that if Algier has a great game this week, not only could he win the rookie rushing crown. He could also eclipse a thousand rushing yards for the Falcons, which I believe hasn't been done since William Andrews rookie season quite a while ago and could also even beat William Andrews rookie rushing record, which I think is 1023, give or take a few. I'm just pulling that number out of my head, but it's, it's close to that if it's not that number exactly. And um, so Algiers is currently sitting exactly at 900 rushing yards, I believe. So, for Algier to get there, he would need, you know, 123, give or take, rushing yarded, uh, yards, which is technically not—he's had more in a game this year. He had 139, I believe, uh, one week. So he could potentially do it. He's he's had that kind of game before, but it would be like his second-best game of the year against what is not a great run defense, but an average one. So, um a tall order, but something that could potentially happen. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons tried to give him the opportunity to do that, uh, and really give him uh, a feather in his cap. And, and of course it'd be nice to beat the bucks too with, with a game script like that. Um, the bucks do have some good run defenders, obviously, right? Like Vita Vea, still good. Um, they do have a Keem Hicks in there. He has been playing pretty, uh, decently, uh, as a run defender, better than a pass rusher, which was surprising to me. Um, where they've struggled is that that Devin White just hasn't been a good run defender um, for them. He's one of the worst run-defending linebackers in the NFL. Um, they still have Levante David, who is, of course, great. And they still have Anton Winfield Jr. at safety, who is a great tackler. Uh, but this Bucks sort of the I think the front is strong, but behind that front and not counting Levante David... There are struggles in run defense, so that has has opened the door for teams to be able to run more successfully on them than in years past. So I think the Falcons, as one of the NFL's premier rushing attacks, uh, they're still third overall in rushing yardage with, uh, I believe, 2,500 rushing yards this year, which is pretty crazy. Um, it's it's an advantage for the Falcons in this one, um, like it is almost every week. And and that could be notable, especially in a game where the Bucks may not push any of their injured players onto the field. Their, their injury report last week was pretty long. Um, so we'll see if they choose to hold out any of those guys that are recovering. Um, but that, that is definitely an advantage for the Falcons moving over to the defensive side for Atlanta. They're going to, they're basically not going to have an advantage against any offense. Um, in this one, the, the bucks haven't been a great offense certainly. Um, but the Falcons have not been a good defense either. Um, at this point, where the Falcons can hang their hat is Grady Jarrett on the interior, AJ Terrell on the outside, and Isaiah Oliver in the slot, who I think had his best game of the season against the Cardinals. He broke up a bunch of passes. He was flying in to make tackles. He had a sack as a blitzer. Um, Oliver has really come on strong, I think, later in the season, looking now fully healthy, recovered from his injury. So that's that's nice to see. You love to see that. Um, going up against this Bucks pass offense that should be so much better than it is and and to their credit against the Panthers last week they were really picking on a, a banged up Panther secondary with no JC Horn but at the end of the day this is a passing attack that should be one of the NFL's elite considering who they have right they've got Julio Jones who's not his who's not prime Julio Jones or even like 80% Julio Jones but he's still a good role player. They have Mike Evans, who's an elite option on the outside. And they have Chris Godlin, who's, who's one of the NFL's best slot receivers. They also have Russell Gage, who they paid a lot of money to, to, to lure away from Atlanta. Um, and they have Tom Brady. So why is it that this Bucs passing game, which predictably is extremely uh, high volume, I believe they are the number, they have the most passing attempts of any team in the NFL uh, they have the second most passing yards so that's something but they are 18th in net yards per attempt they're just not putting up a lot of volume like for for reference in terms of yards per attempt like net yards per attempt the Falcons have 5.9 um which is 20th the Bucks have 6.0 which is 18th and and so that tells you that efficiency wise this Bucks passing game has not been meaningfully better than Atlanta's, which is really saying something. Considering, like I said, Tom Brady, a quarterback, elite weapons in the passing game, it's mediocre at best. Um, so, sort of an interesting situation there. I still think the clear advantage in this matchup goes to Tampa Bay. You know, the offensive line hasn't been the best pass protecting. Donovan Smith's having a down year at left tackle. They have a backup uh center in there with Robert Haynesy, who I think has actually performed pretty well in relief of Ryan Jensen who I, I think is coming back but probably isn't going to play it this week. Shaq Mason has filled in well and Tristan wirfs of course is a great right tackle, one of the best in the NFL. So, um this is a, a Bucks passing game that's going to give the Falcons fits. Um I feel like Tom Brady should really just throw it up to Mike Evans pretty much every play and they'll they'll make it happen. Um but the Falcons actually played the Bucks pretty well in their first matchup, which is again surprising. Um, they allow they did allow uh, over 420 total yards to the Bucks, including 351 passing yards, but just 21 points allowed. Um, so we'll see if the Bucks shred the Falcons defense, which they're certainly capable of doing through the air, um, and it, it's a clear advantage for Tampa Bay. But again, we'll see how many starters are actually playing how fired up they are to actually play this game. And if the Falcons can get that elusive win over Tom Brady that they've been looking for um, moving to the Buccaneers rushing attack, this has to be the most disappointing part of the Bucks' offense. Um, they are just really bad, really, really bad even. And they're insistent sort of on continuing to use the run. They don't run a lot. Um, they do run very predictably. They like to run on early downs um, and that has led to very predictable offense and, and a lot of criticism from Bucks writers that I follow. Um, they're 32nd in rushing yards with just 1,200 yards, 32nd in yards per carry, just 3.3, which is pathetic, and 32nd in rushing touchdowns, just five on the season. So this is a really bad rushing attack going up against what is, to be fair, a a solid uh, run defense of the Falcons. They've faced a ton of volume. Uh, 20, they're 28th in terms of uh, the most attempts they've faced. Um, they're 24th in rushing yardage allowed, but in terms of yards per carry, average uh, 16th with 4.4 4 allowed, which is respectable, not great. Um, so considering the volume, the Falcons, I think, have done a good job at limiting opposing rushing attacks, keeping them from taking over the game. And I think the Falcons run defense, once again, has the advantage here, as pretty much every run defense will have against the Bucs. Um, I believe the, the season high for the Buccaneers uh, rushing attack came in week one against the Cowboys, where they put up 152 rushing yards, and everyone was like, oh, this Bucks run running game is actually going to get going. Um, since then, well, excuse me, they did put up 161 against the Seahawks in week 10. Um, so slightly more there. Um, we all know the Seahawks have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So that's part of it. Um, other than that, they've had one other game all season that was over hundred rushing yards, which is against the Arizona Cardinals who the Falcons just played, uh, and the Bucks barely beat them seven and eight. The Cardinals were in that game. Um, but this is a bad run, run, run game. It's a bad run game. Um, they had three total rushing yards against the chiefs in week four. Um, wow. So this, this Bucks rushing attack is bad. The Falcons should have the advantage and should be able to limit it. And it's part of the reason that the Bucks offense in general is is stagnating is because they they're insistent on continuing to run in really predictable situations and not maximizing and they're not maximizing their passing game either. So um that's one victory for the Falcons in terms of of their their ability on defense to to, to slow somebody down. Um so at this point, you know, you look at the stats, you look at the records. And, and you still have to lean Tampa Bay overall. You know, my prediction would be that if the Bucs starters or most of the starters play, t- Tom Brady in that passing game should be able to shred this Falcons secondary. Just just cut it up. Um, even though the Bucks haven't really done that against anyone. I mean, they didn't do it against the uh, Cardinals for the most part, which is pretty embarrassing, right? Considering how banged up they were. The Bucks only put up 204 passing yards, which is, uh, excuse me, the Bucks put up uh 281 passing yards against the Cardinals, but that's not a high flying amount. Um in in the con in the grand scheme of things, and that includes overtime too. So um you know the Bucks haven't been as good as expected. They're not a great team. I just think they're better than the Falcons. Um and I don't think that's a controversial statement. Uh but I do think the Falcons will be very fired up for this game. I don't know how fired up the Bucks will be so that sort of morale that that fire going in could be meaningful um, in in determining the outcome of this one. I I think the Falcons will be looking to get that W over Tom Brady that they've avoided. I think Desmond Ritter is really going to be trying to show to put his best foot forward and, and, and have a good game and, and, Try to make his case for 2023, which I think a good game against the Bucks, especially if their starters are playing, probably cements him as the, the clear favorite to, to get the opportunity to start in 2023. And I think that's what the Falcons are going to be focusing on, is, is giving Ritter an opportunity to get another win under his belt, um, go up against a good defense and and see what he can do. Um and we'll go from there. But I I'm currently predicting not a great outing from either team. Um I do think that the Bucs will come away victorious in this one. I think that the Falcons will get the narrow victory, uh, or excuse me, the Falcons will lose probably another close game, right? I think we could, this could be like a 24 to 20 sort of game in favor of the Bucks. Um But we'll see, you know, maybe Ritter comes out swinging, maybe the Falcons r- rushing attack takes off and maybe the Bucks are all out of sorts or they, they bench their starters early if things start going poorly um, and we'll see. Um, but ultimately the outcome of the game in terms of the win loss, not really meaningful for either team. Um, it's meaningful in terms of the draft selection for the Falcons and and the Bucks really are just looking to get out of here, giving their starters. It seems like a chance to play and and keep fresh and like keep going and keep, keep their, their blood pump and, you know, and all that stuff. But, um, otherwise it's, it's hard to predict this one because we don't know the total details, but, Um, I'm not expecting the Falcons to come away victorious if the Bucks play all their starters, but if there's a mix or if the Bucks pull their starters at halftime, I think the Falcons have an excellent chance to get that final win, uh, match last year's record and send Desmond Ritter, uh, into 2023 with a, a 500 record. So, you know, not the worst thing in the world there either. And like I said, no matter what happens, the Falcons are picking between six and nine. So not a lot of movement possible there either. Um, And, you know, before I end the show that I'm recording this on Tuesday, immediately after what happened with DeMar Hamlin of the bills, um, and just all my thoughts are with him, with the players, with T Higgins, um, with his family, just, just a really horrific thing to watch. And it really reminds you just of how, how frail, you know, human life is and, and, and how violent this game is, uh, and how, how much pressure these players are under. Um, and I'm glad that, uh, the game was postponed. It was the right call. Um, and, you know, I'm just hoping for the best outcome here. And uh, who knows, you know, what will happen. But just hoping for the best um, for Damar Hamlin and his family. Um, so so thoughts are, are with you, Damar. Um, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Falcons Burst Bucks Week 18 game preview. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, give us a like, give us a subscribe. On YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast audio, leave us that five-star review. Those really help us out, help the show grow, so thank you so much for that. Um, if you're interested in supporting our Senior Bowl fund, as our planning for that trip is underway, you could donate at streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic slash tip. You can also do it via Venmo, if you prefer that, by going to my Twitter account, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin. It is linked there. Um, and after this, guys, we will be diving right into draft season, right into the off-season season. Uh, as things get underway for 2023, uh, which is going to be a really exciting time for the Falcons. Finally flush with cash, have a full allotment of draft picks to spend to, to take this roster to where it finally needs to be at a competitive level. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens and, and excited to, uh, to take the journey with all of you as well. Um, Like I said, I will be out of town, so there will be no uh, Falcoholic Live on Wednesday. There will also be no post-game show on Sunday. As a result, we will be back to normal next week. Um, The Wednesday show next week might be a little bit delayed depending on travel, uh, but... We will be back uh, next week to start the offseason off in earnest, getting right into senior bowl prep and that sort of stuff. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Falcoholic Podcast. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, I will talk to you guys next time. Enjoy the final week of the 2022 NFL season. Uh, Let's have the Falcons start things off with undefeated in 2023 with two wins and getting that elusive win over Tom Brady that we've all chased for so long. Uh, Hope everyone has a great weekend. And I'll see you next time. Have a great day, folks.